everyone. Uh, here we are with our podcast launch, a special event in visibility where we get to talk to people um, involved with intellectual disability, uh, that part of the larger disability community that you don't hear a lot from. And uh, my co-pilot for this series, again, all the way through is Don Elgin. G'day, Don. Mate, it is great to be here today. What a cracking day, international day for people with disability. And of course, we get to launch Invisibility, our podcast today. So what a platform, what an exciting lineup for today as well. Now, just before we get on to our special guest today, I guess we should say hi. We've got some Zoom watchers, I think, out there today to a live event. Very exciting. Um, but, Don, say a few words about this, the journey so far. Today, the episodes are up on Spotify and Apple, which is really exciting. Um, but this is about episode number five, I think. So you want to touch on just a, a few thoughts so far? Yeah, it's been interesting so far, Phil. I've really enjoyed the fact that we opened the, the podcast series with us, you and I having a chat, one about your daughter, Phoebe, the different disabilities that are in the tent, me as an amputee going through life without my leg. And then, of course, getting into uh, the different guests we've had along the way, you know, Colin speaking about coming out from the UK, his experience, and of course, his advocacy and, and the work he's done. We've had uh, Tracy Corbin Matchin come on board, and of course, the bus stop films and the, the weight that she's played there. One of my favourite ones, of course, today is a big one for us, but was definitely reminiscing about the Paralympic Games in Sydney. You know, having one of the ID basketballs, we had Pete Willoughby come in and, and talk to us about what it was like for the ID basketballs and all the ID community to be ostracised from the Paralympic movement up until 2012 following the Spanish basketball team. So, mate, it's been a, a ripping episode. Like every episode's been great. And, of course, we had Robin Smith in there as well as the, the assistant chef to Michonne during Sydney. So, mate, I'm really excited about today and, of course, hearing Stacey's story and uh, who we're now going to introduce. So they're available on Spotify and Apple now and today is our launch day. And our special guest is December 3, which is a pretty special day. And so we've got some great guests uh, uh, first of all, um, former Premier of Victoria and well-known uh, identity celebrity uh, for Australia, not just Victoria. Jeff Kennett, thank you for joining us. Great pleasure. It's, uh, it's an important day, but so too is this series of podcasts. And I just reflect back, I guess, Phil, Dom, Stacey, 30 years ago, maybe a bit more, when people with intellectual disabilities, in fact, any disabilities, mental health issues, uh, were almost pushed aside in our community. Uh, they were ignored. And this being this magnificent awakening that allows so many people now with any sort of disability to live a very, very full life. And that has been perhaps the most wonderful social change I've experienced in my lifetime. Uh, it's extraordinary. It gives people opportunity. People are accepted. People are not seen to be different. And they're being increasingly seen to be individuals, personalities, characters. Uh, it's just a wonderful change. So this podcast, which brings different people with different experiences to a wide audience, is just part of that contribution to the community's continuing education. So from my point of view, great pleasure to be here. Super. 
Thank you, Jeff. Thank we, you, we're going to get into Jeff's story um, uh, shortly. But our other special guest today, uh, on my right here, for people who are Zoom watching, got to remember there's so oh, many got ways to listen here. Fantastic, isn't it? Is superstar Stacey Edwards. Welcome, Stace. Thank you, Phil. I think people probably know Jeff Kennett better than Stacey Edwards. Uh, yes. So let's start with helping them catch up, shall we? Uh, yes. Can you tell people a bit about your life, Stace? Um, in my life, I um, used to live with my mum and dad, my sister and my brother, and I've grown up down at Morton Peninsula. Um, that was always going to be my home where I was born at. And living with people who I love very much and just making my making a move from live by myself and I um went back to my mum and dad and I made a, a, a move the best move at Cherry Blossom Chase and Packenham. Let's see. So you've moved out of home. So let's go back a little bit. Where did you go to school, Stace? I went to school at Jemima Sand College. Okay, so that's a mainstream school? Uh, yes. Right. So some of our listeners might know uh, we have some different schools out there. My daughter goes to a special development school. So uh, yes. there's mainstream, special, special development, all different schools out there. Uh, yes. But you went through mainstream school, Stace? Uh, yes, I went to prime school at Bono Prime School. Now, you told me your age before, which is always a very delicate question to uh, ask yes. a lady or, or a man, any, anyone. You can't be ageist these days. Uh, yes. You told me your age. You, you, there's no way you're 40, Stace. I was 21 and now I'm 40. Wow, okay, yes. Because I thought you looked 21 and she, and Stace quickly said, well, I was, Phil, but I'm 40 now. I said, okay. Um, all right, so you you went to mainstream school. Yes. And uh, you came out of school. You were living with mum and dad. Yes, And then I you made the big decision to move out of home. Why, yes. did, why did you want to move out of home? Um, when I moved out of home, I thought I want to um, love to live by myself. And then after that, I got um, back and I thought I did a really good job. Yeah, so I remember when I joined uh, in this role about 10 years ago, um, we met around then. Uh, yes. There was a house that was built out of Pakenham uh, yes. by the government and some people who had ageing carers at that time uh, yes. were uh, given the opportunity to move into this home and You've been there ever since. So you moved in there and uh, Greg's at the back here, one of your mates, isn't he? Uh, yes. Did you share the house? There were six people in that house? Yes. Um, clients in the house and they're grown-ups. Yep. And they did move out of home and become like adults. It's like adults' homes. And do you see your mum and dad still now and then on weekends or birthdays um, or whatever else? It was a little bit hard when I turned 40. It was really hard to get with the coronavirus going on oh, and the lockdown. I did feel really upset and it made my day for a party for my birthday. Went home to my mum and dad and had a second birthday and I wanted to have a third birthday with all of my family. It was a really hard time with the coronavirus and the lockdown. All right, so... And, and Stace, can I tell the listeners that your video is on YouTube? Uh, yes, you can. Okay. So if anyone wants to, you know, Google Stacey Edwards and see, uh, because we held an event here um, about 10 years ago 
And Stace was very keen to get up and tell people her story. And I was really new to the job and I didn't really know Stacey at all. I remember that you got up there and uh, wow. So you got to check out the video. It's awesome. All right, Stace, good. We brought the listeners up to speed on you. Over Thank you, Don. Stace. That's fantastic. I want to throw to our other special guest, Jeff. And Jeff, my first question is that a bit of background around you. Obviously, you come to a podcast today, International Day for People with Disabilities. Give us a bit of experience for you. Like, How's disability been involved in, in your life? I guess, Don, the reality is until I was mature, until I was uh, probably uh, the Premier of the state, disability was not something I was highly aware of or connected to. In the same way that I was not really, before I entered politics in 1976, connected to matters concerning immigration or our Indigenous people. So my life has been one of continual learning. But when I got into office as a politician and then became a minister in a couple of areas before I became Premier, I was very aware of the discrimination that existed in society, in some cases deliberate and in some cases unintended to those with disabilities, whether they be intellectual or physical. And uh, certainly the intended was the smart aleck comments, etc. The unintended was when, I guess through the lack of education, we didn't realise that people like Stacey are entitled to a whole life with a thousand experiences rather than one or two. Now, to some degree, so I entered politics in 1976, and the Labor Party started, though in government, the deinstitutionalisation of those with mental health and other issues. And that, to me, really was the start of an awakening, because for the vast majority of people, to move out of government-run institutions like Stacey into homes of their own with other adults, etc., was the key to the future. It was the key to their developing their own characteristics, their own style of living. And as I said, for the vast majority of people, that deinstitutionalisation has been the most wonderful thing. I'll give you an example. I was crossing... Swanson Street in the city of Melbourne many years ago. So it must have been in the 1980s. And Stacey, I saw a bed coming towards me, a bed with white sheets on it. And it was operating on its own. And I looked at this bed, and at the end of it where the handles were, there were shopping baskets. And I thought to myself, what is going on there? And then I saw there was a person on it driving this bed. And I thought to myself, what an amazing, wonderful thing that society was moving to a situation where this person who was obviously terribly disabled was able to get out and to move around the city and do their shopping. And I will never, ever forget that image that I have had. So if we progress through life, 
I've been associated with many organisations where issues of disability of one sort or another have been very prevalent. And that was certainly the case in Beyond Blue, which I founded in the year 2000. And so many people there with disabilities were depressed, had mental health issues, etc. So that reinforced the need for an enlightened approach. That led, I think, in part to Julia Gillard, when she was Prime Minister of Australia, introducing the National Disability Insurance Scheme. And that, although it is very, very costly, is, I think, the most extraordinary social innovation of our time. Because it not only will help those with disabilities directly, but it will particularly help their families in working with brothers and sisters, children, parents who have got intellectual or physical disabilities whose lives are constrained by the failure up until then of a modern approach to assisting those with disability in their own home, giving families some relief, both mental, physical and financial. So we're into a new era. And I guess in one sense, Phil, Don, Stacey, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be doing this podcast, right? Two years ago, we wouldn't have been doing it. This is another example of how we are communicating the benefits of, that are available now but also the benefits that come through better education. And then finally, in terms of my journey, Don, I have a granddaughter who is intellectually disabled. And so therefore, her arrival on the scene, beautiful child as she is, again, has opened my eyes uh, wider to the beauty that each individual has, regardless of their health, condition, position. And she, like you, Phil, her, well, not like you, but your daughter, she ascends a special school, and but she's a delightful individual, a beautiful girl. And so, therefore, uh, we're fortunate to have her within our family, but no one should ever think that they are better than anyone else. And all of us have an obligation to give everyone the same opportunities to that those without disabilities are so fortunate to experience. So my journey has been a long one, I guess, because of my granddaughter. Uh, it's becoming more and more involved on a personal level. But I also think in terms of issues of communication and advocacy, uh, the more we all do, the better society is. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. We have absolutely nailed having you on today in terms of launching this, your your lived experience. And I, I really hope for your granddaughter that one day she wakes up or gets to the realisation that her grandfather was so instrumental in change, not just in our state, but of course in our country. And and I thank you for that on her behalf, on, on all people with disabilities half, for playing your role. It's an exceptional story that you've had but it's not finished yet mate you've got a uh, a very key role with the mighty hawks of course and i'm a, a good hawks man 
and I've been doing my best to try and recruit Stacey, not to much avail, to be honest. But, but tell me, why is inclusion so important with a football club like Hawthorne? Why do you, why do you make that a key issue? I think, Don, it's because, again, through education, uh, football clubs are not just about the players. It's about the families that are connected, that are associated. We always call ourselves the family club and we put a great deal of value on family issues and the individuals, their well-being, be they footballers, administrators, or whether they're uh, members of our organisation. But football, and Stacey, you're a Collingwood lady, so I'll grant you that even Collingwood's a pretty good club. Uh, football gives people the opportunity for a period of time to push aside the things that cause the most stress and anxiety. And they are living at home, where they live, and work. And often there's a lot of stress associated on anxiety with both those two parts of living. But when you go to the football, or when you're around the water cooler talking about football, you forget those things. And in some cases, when you're at the football, you blow up into this giant and you barrack and you yell and you scream. And then when the final siren goes, we all deflate back to our normal selves. So for a period of time, football allows us to forget the things that causes anxiety and stress. It can be like a pressure cooker. It's letting off steam and you need to let off steam. You need to have things that take you to a good place. So for us at Hawthorne, while winning premierships is important, it's not the most important thing. And it's not the basis on which we judge whether we're a good organisation or a bad organisation. So it's an exciting place to be. Uh, it's always challenging. But, Don, I'm looking forward to another couple of premierships fairly quickly because it's been five years since we won one and I can't stand it. And I'm really excited, too, about the, the move to Dingley, my end of the, uh, the world. Now, Phil, I'm just going to throw to you. We, yes. Jeff touched on the, the change and obviously you're the CEO of Wallara and one of the values of Wallara is to push the boundaries and, and you're a great leader for that. Tell me about the, the change you have seen in your time in terms of you know the housing and yes. how we've moved. Yes, well, it's um, it's almost like the circle of life a bit because when I I worked with Jeff just for a year at the Hawks and loved it, but I stepped away because of our daughter. Yep, yeah? um, that's why because it was a bit of a dream job to uh, be working at the new Hawks uh, HQ at that time in Mulgraves. They've already outgrown it and moving, but um, and so in another nice little bit of synchronicity. Um, one of the jobs that we have picked up here for Hawthorne is that all their merchandise uh, is stored in our warehouses and adults with um, disabilities who work in our supported employment um, division. Anytime someone who buys a Hawks beanie online, one of the clients we support um, with work is picking and packing that beanie and shipping it all around the country. And we bill Hawthorne for those services. And so we're part of the club in that way. And the club... It's been fantastic. They brought down the Premiership Cups to celebrate with our guys. I mean, footy is probably the number one topic across our organisation. So the fact that we are now involved in such a real way with footy clubs and, and, and in fact, Jeff, it's the Hawks' experience that 
actually led to St Kilda coming on and giving us the same job for them. So we are we we do love our footy, but let's turn to sort of um, pushing the boundaries and accommodation. And we've talked about institutional change and the NDIS. Um, uh, you know, and Jeff, as you heard, has his personal experience. I have mine. I never thought I would work in this space. Right. Um, my eyes were opened by the birth of my daughter. Um, and, uh, you know, what, I, what the listeners won't realise is that the NDIS is going to directly support about 500,000 people, yeah? Um, my daughter will be in that group, Stacey, you're in that group, and, yes. and, and Jeff's um, granddaughter will be in that group too. But just for a second, think about all the other people who are affected, you know, by that. So if you allow for just three people, three or four people to be affected by that, then 500,000 becomes two or more million people pretty quickly. And that is a very large community that are living with or affected by. Now, Stace, I want to come back to you here because on that point, um, you know, the home you live in is a shared home. Uh, yes, it is. And uh, Jeff was talking before about some of those uh, older settings where there were lots and lots of people who were living in a huge group and, and didn't have a more regular life. Uh, yeah. Yes. But did you know there are some people now who look at group homes and say that, you know, they're not, they're not okay, you know, because um, how much choice did you get? And, and I think... I was surprised to hear that because I'm really proud of our of, of the homes that I know and people like you who are uh, yes. happy in those in those settings. Um, but you know, under the NDIS, there'll be even more choice. So yeah. if you wanted to live by yourself or with Greg or with only two people or not four or whatever, um, we now live in a world where there will be even more choice for people. Oh, yeah. um, so you seem to be pretty happy. Who's, who's your favourite? I thought I was asking you before. Who's your favourite out at, out at Cherry Blossom? Uh, I have a lot of best friend and her name's Emmy Ross Diamond. And we always have this um, special time together. She's sort of like a sister to me. And I know I've got everyone at the house, like Darren Ship and Greg Colose and, and Stevie Dalton, and they're... Uh, Full of like adults, and they know what they're doing, and I know they have a disability, and sometimes we have to cope sometimes with it or not with it. Well, I, I've I've had the good fortune to come out and, and join you guys for a meal now and then, haven't I, Stace? Yes, you do. And it's a really fun house, and it's just so inspiring, really. And and with my daughter, who's eighteen, God, oh, I yes. can't believe that eighteen. Now, one day, Phoebe will leave home yeah, uh, yes. and move out of home and be an adult, just like you with space. Uh, yeah. And knowing your experience uh, yeah. gives me a lot of comfort and hope you know, that there are great um, living options for people out there. But things don't always go smooth sailing, do they? I mean, we've, we've had experiences, and of course, Stacey, you mentioned before, around the you know some tough times in your life depression yes, yep. and of course we've got actually do you want to touch on on how difficult those times were for you uh, yes I will I'm done um I sort of cope with depression and the illness doesn't go away in our heads um I didn't cope really well with depression I went to the doctors with my mum um at the time I thought I would told my mum and dad how I really felt 
want to move back by myself. And at the end of what I was very proud of myself in a way, I went downhill. Um, I know everybody loves doing house cleaning, so I got too lazy and my mum got someone to do the house cleaning for me. I didn't go really well. I've been keeping myself in my bedroom a lot, upset and crying, didn't know what to do. And that was my darkest past. I wasn't coping really well. I didn't know who I can turn, who I can trust. And I know I've got the people who are out there who's been helping me the most with my depression. And I'm so lucky to have people from the um, staff at my house and with our staff who did help me with that too. Yeah, thanks, Stace. I'll tell you what, it's uh, one man who has made a big difference. He's our other special guest here today, Jeff yeah. Kennett, former Premier, but importantly, uh, founder of Beyond Blue. Jeff, how do you feel when you, you sit there and you hear Stacey's story, you know, the struggles that she went through with her depression? I'm very proud of Stacey for having the courage to talk about it. Again, 20 years ago, Stacey, no one would publicly talk about what is a very widespread illness. And the way to get to recover is to admit to yourself you are depressed, stressed or anxious, and then to reach out and seek help. So how do I feel listening to Stacey's story? Uh, I'm particularly proud of her for feeling comfortable enough not only to talk about her mental health issues, but to talk about her condition generally and so publicly. Because what you're doing, Stacey, you're not only giving other people hope who have disabilities, intellectual and other, but you're also giving those without disability hope and a better understanding. So to see you here this morning, to hear your story, I'm tickled pink. It's really, well, you're wearing pink, I see, so that's all right. But it's fantastic. And uh, I'm very grateful that you're being prepared to be so upfront and honest. I think it's fantastic. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself too, um, Jeff. Deakin University yes. um, saw Stacey's video about five years ago when she stood up at that dinner and, and spoke so uh, impressively. And they contacted us and said, would Stacey uh, be available to come and talk to a communications class they were running at university because the students need to hear her? And Stacey, tell us about that. I went with one of the staff members called Bryce and he take me to the Deakin University I did talk about my life story and they really, really enjoyed it. And I had lots of students asking me lots of questions about my life story and I got paid for doing that job. There you go. Well, it's important to get paid. Now, Jeff does a bit of speaking around the place and knows some agents, so he might be able to get you on a speaking tour So. Stacey, are you, are you up to tell your story? If there's people that want to book you through an agent, are you um, up for it? I reckon I remember what you said on the YouTube and what you said about, um, about me as a superstar and I'm so proud that you said that to um, 
what active will allow us and how proud that you make me feel so glad. You're a legend, Stacey. How good is that, Phil? I'll tell you what, and if anybody listening or viewing today has uh, has been touched by this, I want to make sure that we provide some some opportunities for you to reach out. Lifeline number is 131114. And, of course, the great founder of Beyond Blue, Jeff Kennedy, is with us today, and that number is 1300 4636 and uh, I would encourage you to reach out there's some fantastic resources available and and they are for literally everybody the wonderful thing about the beyond blue website is you go on there and and really it, it gives you an opportunity to go well, hang on that's me you know I'm a right. I'm a dad or I'm a person with a disability or I'm a whatever and you can just go on there and those resources are really tailored for us to be able to make it personal and help Great. Now, the, the final topic I want us to explore with our special guest today is work. Yeah, the importance of getting out of bed and having something to do and feeling good about learning new skills, things like that. And um, uh, Jeff, we might start with you because there's an announcement today from the federal government that uh, they have set a new target to double the number of people with disabilities that are employed in the Australian public service today from 3.5% to about 6 or 7%. And that's, a, that's an exciting sign because government should lead in this area. What do you think, Jeff? I think that's wonderful. It's a high target, so let's hope people are prepared to take it up. But it's not just government. We should all, in our private practices, businesses, be prepared to take on board people with disabilities. Because as you say, Phil, to get up in the morning, to have something to do, to be able to contribute. And my experience with people who have disabilities, again, intellectual, physical, they make wonderful employees. They love the opportunity. They love contributing. And you very quickly find that they're there not because of their disability, but because of what they can genuinely contribute to the organisation or to the public sector. They need to be given the chance. And that's where I think some of these barriers are being knocked down. And it's highly admirable that governments, forgetting their political persuasion, give a, a weighting to people who are willing to work, who want to work, who do so do suffer disabilities of one sort or another. So that's a very encouraging announcement. It's a high target. Uh, now the thing is to make sure that they're able to deliver. And, of course, it's not always up to the government. You need people like Stacey and others to step forward and say, hey, I want one of those jobs. I'm going to have it. Right? So you need people to come forward. That's so terribly important. Exactly right. And um, as I said before, the, the AFL clubs, we talked about the power of sport, you know, to uh, help create jobs, work opportunities, you know, educate people. Um, I'm just going to give a little shout out here, Don, to the 20,000 people around the country working um, in supported employment. Uh, we have about 120 of that group down at our place. We're really proud about the work they do. The footy clubs um, love having them in the supply chains. We're involved in the Metro Tunnel project now. Um, and if you walk down the aisle of Coles, Bunnings or Woolies, there are thousands of products on those shelves that are packaged or assembled or delivered or somehow touched by someone with a disability. And I've always felt it's such a shame no one knows 
it's quite an invisible contribution and we're trying to change that through things like this. Well, we'll change it, Phil. Don't worry. They'll know about it after we're finished, mate, because uh, if anyone's going to scream from the rooftops with our permission, with Jeff on board, with uh, with invisibility, that's what we're doing is we're lifting the lid on those conversations. Stacey, what is your dream job? Uh, my passion and my dream is massage. So massage. Okay. Yeah. So I remember we had a little, we've got a shop and you set up a little massage station, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, that's it. So uh, you you would like to, so people came along and needed a neck massage or yes. yeah, you would be, that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's one of my passion jobs, so yes. Okay, I wonder if there's a, you can combine that with telling your life story while you give them a massage. I can just think <laughs> of that. That's, that's next level. Now, I'll tell you what, it's a rare opportunity that we get on the podcast to have such incredible talent. And I would like to encourage our viewers if they yes. want to write in into the comments box and have a yes. question for you, for yes. Stacey, for yep. Jeff or myself to fire away, just jump on there and uh, and let us know and we'll certainly ask or put it to these uh, wonderful guests that we've got today. Jeff, you've, uh, you're a busy man. We certainly appreciate your time. How are you, apart from leading the most awesome club on the planet at Hawthorne, <laughs> how yeah. are you keeping yourself busy now that you're no longer the Premier of the state? No, well, I stopped being Premier last century, Don, so it's a long time ago. It's 20 years, but I've got a number of commercial activities. Uh, I've been involved, obviously, with Beyond Blue for 17 years and gave that up three years ago. I'm now working for Indigenous men and women who are incarcerated and through art, helping them prepare for life when they get out of prison. So the painting you can see on the wall behind me that was done by an Indigenous man in one of our Victorian prisons uh, who has now been released and is making a career from uh, artworks, etc. And that is very, very gratifying. And I chair a body called The Torch. And I have Catherine Andrews, who is uh, the Premier's wife, on the board with me, with a number of others. And it's very, very gratifying to be able to collect this work, encourage these men and women to produce it. We sell it for them at no cost, and then the money goes back to them, and then that helps prepare them for a life after prison. So that's my current major community activity. But as I say, I have a large family. I've got a number of commercial interests and practices. I'm keeping myself very, very busy. And of course, I have the Hawthorne Football Club, which takes more time. Yeah. Feel free to talk about the Hawks as long as you like, mate. So. Go for it. Now, listen, this is not a Hawthorne promotional piece. Again, Look, can but... I just ask you a question? Yes, Jeff. Is Hawthorne and St Kilda the only two clubs that uh, Willara actually do work for? At the moment, yes. We have had a couple of talks with Richmond, but um, uh, so far two clubs, yes, and they've both of those clubs, I'm proud to say, have come down and filmed that work and shared it with all their members to tell the story. Well, let me tell you, I will give a commitment now to speak to all of the other presidents of the Victorian-based clubs to see if they won't consider utilising your services and the services you employ for the same reason, because that's where football can make a positive contribution. So let me give you that guarantee, all right? Wonderful, Jeff. Thank you. Well, this has been a treat. This yes, we've been looking forward. We, we said as a group, um, December 3, now it's a special day. We want to launch on that day. We need some special guests, you know, 
We want to invite people in and join us. And uh, this has come together an absolute treat. Um, I don't think we could have uh, done any better than, than our two special guests today. Jeff, I want to thank you first um, for uh, giving us the time and, and thank you also for such a big contribution and an ongoing contribution that you're making personally, professionally, for sharing your time with us today. Well, Phil, it's a pleasure. And can I, for whichever community I represent now, thank you at Wallara and your staff, Don and Stacey, for all that you're doing to further educate people about disability and how disability is not to be seen as anything else but one of the very many challenges that we face in life. And Wallara is giving people the opportunity of work. They're giving people uh, an education about life as a whole, where we as individuals can be a lot more generous uh, to those in our community who do suffer. To you, Don, you're an exceptional individual for many reasons, but the most, of course, because of your support of the Hawthorne Football. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I tell you what, it is yeah. fantastic to uh, to have Jeff on, and I think also too when we think about the Wallara, the big picture of Wallara, whether it's Wallara Online, the farm, and all these different touch points we have with the community. Phil, it, it's wonderful to be able to get the people that we represent and support into to be able to be a part of what we're doing. And of course, you and I are only the 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 opportunity the facilitators of this podcast to get the conversations going and it's wonderful to have Stacey so Stacey on behalf of the invisibility podcast I would love to say thank you thank you for being so open your story is an incredible one you were you're so honest and anybody who's gone through any sort of challenges in their time and they share those challenges with the wider community really are an inspiration for one point but what they're doing is creating change because somebody else will hear your story relate to that uh, and yes. will also seek out that change so thank uh, yeah. you for doing that that's okay that's very touching what you said i'm um, done and i'm very lucky to have people from Wallawa who support and caring as other people with disability and and how we cope with it and Wallawa is all about we stick together, we come a long way, and we'll make the best day out of it. Gee, well, that's a pretty good wrap, isn't it? Nice. Massive wrap. Have you enjoyed today's stats? I know you're excited about meeting Jeff. Uh, yes, well, I just want to say that, Jeff, I'm very lucky meeting you today. And I know I met other people when I was at the football, like Eddie McBride and stuff, and you make my day. So thank you very much. Stacey, I can tell you, the pleasure is mine in meeting you. Good stuff. All right. Well, that's a wrap for our big December 3 special, the day, the world day for people living with a disability. Um, Please remember Invisibility is available online at Apple and Spotify. Invisibility um, launches today. Absolutely, and, and of course, we reached out and said to the uh, to the listeners, "Hey, if you've got a question, hit us up with one on the yes. on the comments." And uh, one of the comments was uh, about improving inclusivity for people with disabilities in the community, and of course, in mainstream settings. So, Jeff, in a nutshell, what would what would be one thing that you could give the community abroad, the the much bigger picture, a tip of how to be more inclusive. That's a good question. I, I, you know, I think the truth is to hear 
people like Stacey, tell it as it is. Because when you hear Stacey talk and you hear about her optimism, you forget your own stresses and anxieties and you say, what an incredible lady she is that she's so public. So what's the one thing? Greater discussion, greater advocacy. You know what? I wrote an article there. Now, you've asked me a question, Don, so this is a bit dangerous. I might go on a bit. You know what? This is a very commercial world in which we live at the moment, where everything is so instant. There seems to me to have been a loss of a couple of things. One is the acceptance of personal responsibility. The other is a reduction in generosity. Now, generosity is all right when we have an emergency, fires or tsunamis. But what we're really talking about is increasing the generosity between Australians for all Australians constantly so that through education we are a lot more understanding, a lot more forgiving and a lot more generous. So I think continuing education, continuing advocacy, more and more of Stacey out there publicly, I think that's what we need to remind us all that we are part of one community and we should be there to support each other 24-7. What about that, Phil? Well, I love that. I think it is all about education. Um, we th certainly think of ourselves as community educators. We have clients. We want to provide them with opportunities. And, and disability services across Australia, of course, are doing this. But more and more, it's about education. We want to help the teachers in mainstream schools, like the school you went to, Stace, uh, yes. to, to be able to cope um, better yeah, with the challenges in the school. Yeah, let's train teachers better. I did law at Monash University. I was never exposed to issues around disability and the law. So we are talking to Monash and all institutions to say, you know, when we teach people, we should be exposing them to diversity and the community and to understand different viewpoints um, so that when they come out of those courses, they are far better aware yeah, of the community. We are all one community. Jeff said it pretty well. So it's all about education. Nailed it, mate. And on this day, International Day for People with Disability, December 3, that is a wrap for Invisibility. Wrap. Yeah. The podcast is launched. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Stacey. And, thanks, of course, God. thanks, Phil, for being my co-host. This is Buddy Glyde.